everyone to the Psych Monologues. It is Friday, October 30th. It is my pleasure to spend a small, small portion of your day talking about all things psychology and relationships and life and any other mischief we can find our way into. So I am Dr. Ray Mitch, your host. You are joining what we have called the Psych Monologues, and it's a podcast devoted to exploring our journey toward wholeness and living in the truth and grace, all the while embracing this profound mystery of our relationship with God, with ourselves, and with each other. So what I want to talk about tonight, today, just to give you some context, I'm, I'm starting to try to lean into having predictable themes each week. Uh, that's a little hard for me to do because I get taken with ideas or thoughts and they uh, carry me along and uh, I'm off to the races and where I end, no one really knows what to expect. But in spite of that, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to rein myself in here a little bit and have something predictable. We're in the last week of the month and so I have... Um, summarily uh, decided executive decision because I'm the only one anyway is uh, that this is going to be Q&A week so the last week of of each month uh, we will be entertaining and trying to answer I will be entertaining and trying to answer not we that's a royal we but either way um, I'm going to try to answer some questions that are posed to us through our Instagram uh, page uh, the psych monologues that's it's there and if you want to post a question that you would like to hear me talk about please post it I've got one already I've got another one here I'll tell you a little bit about how I came by this one uh, but uh, that's going to be the last week of the month is Q&A um, the, the Q&A episode if you want to put it that way so uh, that's the plan the other three weeks beats the heck out of me whatever like I said whatever kind of captures my attention or gets me thinking about it we probably will in in episodes future uh, have uh, at least an episode to talk a little bit more about the silent retreats and you'll get an opportunity to hear from some of the participants that were part of our last retreat and their observations and thoughts about it um it, I, I'm not going to apologize or hide the fact that it is to give anybody that wants to partner with us or, or donate to support uh, the silent retreats uh, uh, a vision of what the impact of these things can be. And it is nothing short of life changing. And I'm, I'm not going to steal the thunder of some of the retreatants that were part of our, our retreat this last, um, this last couple of weeks ago. Uh, but it's it's something worth tuning in for and and to hear because I think it will be very compelling. And if you know of anyone or you're interested or your heart beats a little bit faster when you start hearing some of these stories, then uh, please uh, visit the website. And I'll get to that at the end of the podcast. So here we are. I, I uh, the the topic for today is a question that I received. And one of the things I do, uh, one of the classes I'm teaching this fall is uh, human sexuality and personhood. And there's a whole story behind the title for that. It is not just human sexuality. It's a lot more than that. 
But occasionally through the middle of the semester, somewhere in that vicinity, I ask students to, to submit some questions for me to answer. And we do just a whole class devoted to trying to answer questions and, and um, walk into areas that I just I may not cover because of the content of some of the lectures and things that I am walking my way through in, in talking through this topic. And the one that really caught my attention, and it is kind of a, I, I wouldn't call it a pet peeve, but it is a, a point where, uh, or an issue that really kind of gets my motor running because of the incredible level of distortion that it, it uh, carries with it particularly in the Christian community. And, and so what I've entitled this episode is Forgive and Forget. Because oftentimes I, I, I am quite amazed at uh, the number of people that maybe they don't say that, but it seems like they expect that. When we start talking about forgiveness and reconciliation and all of that. So I want to address the question as it's posed. At the same time, I want to talk a little bit more broadly about this whole idea of forgiveness. I, I will tell you from 40 years of talking to people, there are few topics, areas, one that is so distorted, but two is such a flashpoint for so many people because of the hurts and things that, that uh, we've been through in our relationships and the things that we tend to assume is true about forgiveness when God calls us to forgive one another as we have been forgiven. That's, that's the, the succinct summary of biblical truth around it. So on top of that is when I, I hear this phrase, forgive and forget, usually my response is, is what? What, what possibly or where could that come from? And so the question as it was posed in my class is, is, how do you let go of feelings when you enter this process of forgiveness? And, and that brings with it some additional explanations that I have to find a way to race my way through. Now, the first thing I will say is I am indebted to uh, a fellow uh, psychologist that I rub shoulders with. We never really got to meet, but we were on the radio together. His name is Dr. David Stoop. He wrote a book called "Loving Our Loving uh, 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 Forgiving Our Parents, Forgiving Ourselves," and it is a exceedingly rich book. It's it's almost worth the price just for the six first six chapters that actually spend time looking at family dynamics and how they operate and the, the background that they bring with them when we're talking about forgiveness. So I'm indebted to him. I want to make uh, clear credit uh, given about what I'm about to say. So the one thing I will say unequivocally right out of the gates is there is nothing in Scripture that says anything about forgiving and forgetting. As a matter of fact, I would add an additional piece to that, being a psychologist that works with people, is we were never intended to forget. The one thing we were told is that God has the capacity to not remember because he said, I will uh, move or I will distance your sins as far as the east is from the west and I will remember them no more. 
which is quite a quite a statement and quite a promise that God gives us in regards to how badly we miss the mark in terms of our relationship with him. So this idea of forgiving and forgetting is off the table when it comes to us as humans because we need to remember how we have been harmed by people so we don't forget not to hold a grudge or to seek vengeance or to get retribution, but to be able to learn about the nature of our relationships with somebody, perhaps, who continues to act in harmful ways. And if I, if I take this literally and I forget, then presumably I will place myself in a position where I continue to get hurt. And at that point, I, I am unwittingly or otherwise placing myself in a position to, to have to constantly forgive this person, which we're called to do. I'm, I'm not debating that point. I mean, Peter, in all of his wonderfulness and stubbornness and all of that that goes with it, actually was asking Jesus for something that most of us want to ask for. And that is, um, so... If I'm supposed to forgive people, just how many times do I have to do that? And then I don't have to anymore, right? And so, you know, we see Jesus' response to Peter's um, question as 70 times 7. What you have to understand about that response was he was piling infinitive in infinite numbers on top of one another. He wasn't talking about... Okay, once I get to 491, I don't have to forgive this person anymore. It didn't have anything to do with that, with that at all. So the key here is, is essentially to live a life of forgiveness. I heard one person once say, to how do I learn to live forgivingly? And so it's always in the forefront because I'm always reminded that when I'm called to forgive somebody, I'm reminded of my forgiveness. So the question is asked, how do I let go of the feelings as you enter the process of forgiveness? Now, David Stoop suggests a possible process of going through and, and uh, addressing the level of, of forgiveness that I have, or I need to have with another person. And, and the key is, and I'll give you the shortened, my shortened version of it, and then I'll run through the process real quickly for you. But my shortened um, kind of definition, if you will, of forgiveness is, is I release my demand that the other person change. Now, I know that's not very comfortable. Because after all, if I'm going to stick my neck out and forgive somebody, the least they can do is change. And yet innumerable quotes from Corey Ten Boom and others would indicate that when we forgive, the person who's set free is us. And so how do I let go of the feelings that go along with the hurt that's come along? Now, what Dr. Stoop talks about in his process of forgiveness is basically a, a more or less six Phase. I'm not going to call them steps because oftentimes when we go to steps, we say, well, I got that one out of the way. I got that one out of the way. When I finally get to the end of this, it's all done, right? And then no, it's not because so much of our forgiveness is cyclical over time. 
But the way that he describes it is that I have to identify how I've actually been hurt. Oftentimes Christians end up um, confusing the decision to forgive somebody and the actual process that it takes to forgive someone. And that's what I'm describing to you today. Uh, So identifying how I've been hurt. See, in Scripture, forgiveness is a financial term. And, and we still have that term today. I mean, you go into your mortgage banker and you say, I would like you to cancel my debt, my, my mortgage. And he says, oh, you mean you want me to forgive your mortgage or forgive your debt? And that's the same idea that's used in Scripture. It is a transaction that is part of forgiveness. So you say that to your banker and he says, oh yeah, you look like a nice enough person. I'm sure you're a stand-up person. That's reason enough for me to forgive your debt. No, that's not what happens at all. If nothing else, he pulls up your file on the computer and he looks at your file and says, how much money is left that I am being asked to forgive? So oftentimes when we come down to it and we decide, okay, I've got to find a way to release myself from this person that I've chained myself to, I've got to find a way to release myself from this person. The next most important question that comes up is release them of what? What is the basis of of my releasing, otherwise known as forgiveness? So I have to find some way to identify how I have actually been hurt to drag it back over into the mortgage and the loan kind of metaphor. It is the conditions of the, the loan. It is the conditions under which that loan was made. So, you know, how I've been hurt is what... What are the things that I hold against the other person? Because that's the conditions of the loan. I have been hurt. I expect certain things in return. And as long as these are met, then I, then and only then will I forgive that person. So I have to identify how I've been hurt. The next phase of this process is I also have to identify all the feelings that come with it. Now, this is, this is harder than it sounds because a lot of times we nurse these grudges and feelings along in the background. We don't think much about them. The worst part about it is, is that nursing feelings of, of grudge holding and revenge and retribution and what I demand from this other person is highly, highly toxic to our soul. As a matter of fact, it's poison to our soul. And one person once described a lack of forgiveness as taking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. And that's that's the nature of what we're talking about here with forgiveness and and identifying how I've been hurt, identifying the feelings that, that I have in regards to all that I've been that has happened to me. And the third phase is finding somebody safe enough, trustworthy enough, someone who values the, the process that you're going through to share that with them, to share the feelings that you have. 
See, the, the moment that I articulate and say what it is I'm feeling, now they become mine. As long as they're locked up in my head, I, they, I, I'm not committed to them. They may still toxify or poison me, but I'm not committed to them. But the minute I say something out loud to someone, caring person, trustworthy person, shame-resistant person, when I share that with that person, suddenly now I, it's mine. I, I, I own it. And, and ultimately, it calls me for some measure of action. It doesn't demand that I change. It doesn't even demand that I let go of it. It just demands I do something with it. And maybe I'm saying I'm doing nothing. I, I'm putting that baby back in the box and I, I don't plan to see it again for a long, long time. The problem is, is that the box leaks. <laughs> I remember an old joke that I used to tell about how things leak. And, and uh, the story goes, it's a kindergarten teacher. And the, uh, the, the kids have a show and tell on their birthday or on somebody's birthday in the classroom. And the little boy comes, comes to the class. It happens to be the teacher's birthday. And he has this... Um, plastic or bag that he brings along with him and uh, and she she looks at it and has a tiny little stain in the corner and uh, she she uh, checks it out and it's dripping and she thinks well maybe that you know this kid has really gone all out he's gotten me something nice to drink or some pop or something it's kind of starting to leak and so she she puts her finger to it and tastes it and, and saying basically, why, Johnny, you shouldn't have. This is, this is such a wonderful gift. She's already assuming what it is. <laughs> and she says, um, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. And, he, and she says, what is it? And she sa- he says, it's my puppy. And he just peed. How sweet. And so it leaks. The poison of our emotions leak. And that's the nature of what we're talking about here. So not only do I have to identify how I've been hurt and also the emotions that come with it, I also have to I express these emotions to somebody who's trustworthy enough and knows what it is I'm trying to do, supports what I'm trying to do, and will listen to it. Not fix them, but listen to it. The next phase of this process is setting boundaries to protect ourselves, which goes back to what I was talking about earlier just a minute ago. Oftentimes, we think this idea of forgiving and forgetting means, well, then I just go back to the way things were before. I, I don't. There's no measure of accountability here. I just continue to relate to a person as I did before all this happened. The problem is, is the other person hasn't changed. I mean, forgiveness isn't about changing the other person. The forgiveness is really ultimately the dirty little secret is about changing me. And so I have to orient myself, position myself in such a way that I don't continue to put myself in dangerous situations or abusive situations or harmful situations and continue to do that. That is my responsibility. That's something that I am responsible for. We've talked about this before in terms of handling and dealing with my own heart. So we go from identifying how I've been hurt, identifying the, the emotions and feelings that come along with that, 
expressing them to somebody who's safe, setting boundaries to be able to protect myself if the person is continuing to behave in a harmful way. And finally, finally we get to canceling the debt. See, I can't cancel a debt that I don't know what the conditions are, which I've done in the in these first three phases that I've been talking about. Now, canceling the debt sounds really easy. You know, it's like, okay, well, what do I do? How do I do that? In a lot of cases, we rituals really help. I mean, I, writing a letter I don't send, key is I don't send, so that I can continue to articulate that I am finding a way to release this person of my demand that they change, but it still releases me. And that's canceling the debt. So I don't go into relationships expecting them to change or to do anything different, really, which is really hard because we we want change. As a matter of fact, we demand change. And yet forgiveness is releasing that other person of my demand that they change, which means I change my behavior I deal with my own conclusions. I deal with my own pain and hurt. And that's where the freedom comes. And then and only then do we even remotely consider the possibility of reconciliation. Because you see, forgiveness is a one-way street. I am called to forgive whether the other person repents or not. And on the flip side, I'm called to repent whether the other person forgives or not. But reconciliation, oh, that's a different matter. Reconciliation is a two-way street. And more often than not, the most effective reconciliation is, is two people coming to the table, both forgiving, both repenting, because they understand the nature of their part that has been played in this little drama. And then reconciliation is possible, just like it is with God. So we come to God and say, I blew it. As a matter of fact, I've blown it so badly that only you can save me. And that's where reconciliation comes in. That's kind of the template for us with each other. But I can't make somebody reconcile with me. I, I can try to confront them or bludgeon them into, you know, repenting, but how sincere is that going to be other than whatever measure of intimidation I can use to get them to do that? So, so the question that I was posed was, so how do I let go of the feelings as I go through this process of forgiveness? And the short answer is, is going through the process of forgiveness. <laughs> because we don't flip a switch just to let go of our feelings about it. I think we have to explore and understand what's behind those feelings, what drives them along, so that then piece by piece, I can release my demands about that person's behavior and how they treat me and what they should do and what the future looks like and all of those things that go along with it. And that's every bit as important. So to say, how do I let go of feelings Usually, the letting go of feelings is a natural outcome of processing and releasing and validating the emotions that I do have. 
so that I can get to the place where the feelings are not as predominating and uh, dominating the landscape of my heart and how I interact with the person. Lewis Smeads, who is is written extensively on forgiveness, has often has, has been quoted to say that I know that I've worked through the forgiveness process well when I can release or not uh, have ill feelings toward the other person. Now, that doesn't mean, again, we're defining in terms of what it isn't. So I I don't have ill feelings toward the other person. Well, that doesn't mean that I'm thrilled to no end. It just means that I have released the bitterness and, and all the poison of my retribution and revenge expectations and released those things to say it isn't going to happen. And see, the, the one hidden thing in here is that there's a certain level of loss because a lot of times our expectations tie us to that person of what we have to have from them in order for us to be okay. So when I release these feelings, then I experience the loss of the image I had in my head of how the person was supposed to be and what I needed from them. I'm losing that. At the same time, my capacity and my opportunity to relate to them well with boundaries, with realistic expectations in terms of the person as they are, not as I want them to be, makes it possible for me to have any relationship with them at all. And that's, 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 a, that's a significant movement. I think in terms of our own emotional health, in terms of our own ability to protect and guard and care for our own heart and all of the things that kind of flow out of that. I've used the metaphor of our hearts being a well. This is a good example of how do I clean out the well of the contaminating parts parts of my revenge or retribution, etc. all of that. So as you can see, I've already eaten up 22 minutes of just describing this. This is a really, really big topic. And perhaps another time we can talk a little bit about what does repentance look like? Because that's not really part of our cultural lexicon in terms of relationships. Usually we think repentance is, I'm sorry. But it's way bigger than that. And, and that's, that's a problem because, because it's bigger than that. We trivialize it into, I'm sorry, oh, that's okay, when it really isn't. So there's, there's your installment of talking about forgiveness. How do I let go of the feelings? I work through the process in order to heal from the damage that's been done. And the feelings kind of on the backside resolve themselves. There's nothing I need to do specifically to let go of them other than processing the feelings and releasing my demands and all the other things that I've mentioned. So there it is. Is it forgive and forget? Heavens no, it isn't. But it is forgive and release. Maybe that would be a better way to think about it. So tonight's episode, uh, uh, just a couple things that I want to remind you of. I said it at the very top of the episode. A couple things. One is please subscribe. Tell other people to subscribe. The more the merrier. 
Um, and uh, so you can do that in a couple different ways. You can hit the website, drmitch.com, and up upper right-hand corner, subscribe to the website. So that anything new that comes up on the website that gets dropped there, I, I put in my uh, president's lecture, which I did a few weeks ago. Um, and any new episodes, you'll get notified that something new has come up. And you can either download it or go to the website and listen to it or whichever, whatever you prefer. The other possibility is you can go to podbean.com. Go to raymitch, M-I-T-S-C-H dot podbean.com and subscribe there. And then you'll be notified just of when the, the podcast drops. Uh, Podbean has their own um, podcast player. So you can get that on Android or on uh, iOS. And so you can have that there and it will uh, uh, beep at you or do whatever it does to you to let you know that a new podcast has dropped and you can, you can engage it that way. So um, enjoy and, and participate. And please hit the uh, Instagram site, the page there, and drop, drop us a note. Put in a question or two if you'd like me to address those on uh, the last week of the month. That will be our Q&A week uh, to answer questions. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that I stay limited, so I focus only on one question. I could talk about a lot more, but that would bore you to tears, and I don't want to go there. The second thing is, well, the second or third thing, depending on how you're counting, is we are always on uh, inviting people to partner with us uh, in terms of supporting students that want to go on the silent retreat. We have another one coming up in April. Uh, and so on the website, you go to CCU Silent Retreats, you will find a link to the GoFundMe page where you can uh, make a donation. We would appreciate that with the greatest level of gratitude and um, uh, thankfulness possible uh, to make it possible for students to go. So please consider that and to partner with us in, in that regard. I think that's it for tonight. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a great weekend. And as always, love ya. Later. Later.